For the first time since 1995, the Orioles did not allow a run through the entirety of a two-game series as the O's complete the sweep over the Nationals. I'll break down everything you need to know from that one coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. You are Locked On Orioles, your daily Baltimore Orioles podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hey there, Orioles fans. Today is Thursday, April 20th, 2023, and welcome back in to the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. As always, I'm your host, Connor Newcomb. And coming up on today's episode, we're going to recap a big Orioles victory as they beat the Nats 4-0 on Wednesday night. The Orioles complete the quick little two-game sweep with that victory and another shutout for Orioles pitching. We'll get to the five things you need to know from that game, including, though, an injury which could hurt the Orioles, hopefully in the short term and hopefully not in the long term as Jorge Mateo had to leave the game. But on the injury front, the O's did get some good news on the other end with a couple of their key relievers maybe starting some rehab assignments here very soon. But that's all coming up on this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast. Before we get there, just did want to thank you for making Locked On Orioles your first podcast listen of the day. Make sure to follow the podcast, subscribe wherever you get your pods, and also make sure to like, comment, and subscribe to the Locked On Orioles podcast on YouTube. And hey, I want to thank everyone out there specifically who is an everydayer here on the podcast. If you're here on YouTube, jump in the YouTube comments. Let me know, are you an everydayer? Are you here with me five days a week? Want to shout out to the everydayers as well for the Locked on Orioles podcast. But let's jump right into it here. Wednesday night in D.C., the Orioles completing the sweep over the Nationals with a 4-0 win for the O's in D.C. Two-game sweep, not a huge series, but that's generally what happens in the Beltway battle. They play two games in D.C., and two games in Baltimore, and the Orioles win it 4-0 in the D.C. chapter of this one. O's now 11-7 on the season and have won seven of their last nine games. And I'm going to get you the five things you need to know from this one. And let's start it out with the first thing. Kyle Bradish returned to the mound for the Orioles, and he looked like he had not missed a beat for the O's. If you remember a couple of weeks ago, Bradish making his first start of the year on a Monday night in Texas, takes a line drive off the foot in the second inning of that game, has to leave the game, goes on the injured list, and finally returns here on Wednesday to make what was technically his second start of the year, but really his first real start of the season because he was only able to record five outs in that first start before he got injured. But there were a few bumps in the road on Wednesday night, but generally it didn't look like he was missing any time at all. Kyle Bradish, six scoreless innings against the Nationals on Wednesday, allowing just five hits. He struck out six and walked just one in this game. Took him just 92 pitches to get through those six innings. And he did allow seven hard-hit balls, but he was able to kind of spread them out, I'll say, just enough to get the Orioles six scoreless, which is what this team really needed because they were not pitching well, but they go back-to-back shutouts, and it was all thanks to Dean Kramer and Kyle Bradish, the two starters in these two games in D.C. And for Kyle Bradish, it was once again the stuff that worked for him late in the 2022 season when he was dominant. Really good breaking balls. Now, he still went with 29 four-seam fastballs out of his 92 pitches. That was his most used pitch. 
but he followed it up with 25 curveballs and 16 sliders. 27% curveballs is a pretty nice chunk for Kyle Bradish, and that pitch was working. Four whiffs on eight swings on the curveball, and then how about the slider? He threw 16 of them. He got five whiffs on eight swings on the slider. It was 10 whiffs on the day in total, but nine of the 10 came on that curveball and slider. Those things were just unreal, honestly, on Wednesday night. Those were the go-to pitches for him. He mixed in the sinker, the changeup as well, but the stuff looked good. He looked healthy. He was a little erratic in the first couple of innings, but did settle things down with just the one walk and the six strikeouts. I've been harping on it all offseason into early this season. Kyle Bradish is the breakout pick for me in 2023. I think he's going to be the ace of this staff by the end of the year, and he certainly showed it in his first full start of the season on Wednesday night. Second thing you need to know from this one is that Adam Frazier provided really the big swing for the Orioles off the bench in this game. Now, the reason Frazier had to come off the bench is because Jorge Mateo left this game with an injury in the second inning. Now, we'll get to that a little bit later in the pod, but Adam Frazier entered the game. They put Frazier in at second, moved Gunnar Henderson over to short, and moved Ramon Arias over to third. And in Frazier's first at-bat after coming into the game, he greets Mackenzie Gore, the Nationals' lefty, with a two-run homer to give the Orioles a little bit of breathing room putting them up 3-0 in this game with that two-run shot in the fourth inning. For Frazier, it was just his second of the season, but he's not really a home run hitter. I mean, he only hit three of them all of last year, so to have two in April, that's like a power surge for Adam Frazier at this point. 98 miles per hour off the bat, 377 feet for his two-run blast that made it a 3-0 game. And it turned out, you know, after a 1-0 win on Tuesday night, the Orioles didn't need any more separation than just the one run on Wednesday night either. But it was nice to have it from Frazier, and he put a really, really good swing on that ball for the Orioles. And Frazier, who had a one for two, also drew a walk in this game, had two hard-hit balls, had a nice day coming off the bench for the O's. Third thing you need to know in this one is that the Orioles' offense was generally pretty quiet besides that Frazier home run. The other two runs came in the third inning when... It's kind of a disappointing inning, honestly. The Orioles load the bases with nobody out against Mackenzie Gore. They only get one run on an Adley Rutschman RBI walk. So four runs on four hits on the day for the Orioles after they scored only one run on five hits on Tuesday night. So a little concerning against a Nats team. However, Josiah Gray, Tuesday night, good pitcher. Mackenzie Gore, Wednesday night, good pitcher. So you can't fault them too much. But I will say the other good thing is the other run was driven in by Gunnar Henderson. Came up with a big two-out RBI single in the top of the ninth inning to make it a 4-0 game. It was actually a really big hit because it allowed the Orioles to sit down Felix Bautista. He's been throwing a lot. They were able to turn to Mike Bauman in the ninth inning instead because of that single from Henderson. Now, it was his only hit of the day, but he also did draw a walk in this game. It was a hard-hit ball out to right field, and it was Gunnar Henderson's first RBI in 12 days. It's been a little bit of a struggle for Henderson early this season, but that was great to see from the Orioles' rookie lefty. Fourth thing you need to know from this one is I switch it back over to the pitching side into the bullpen. I am officially hitting the panic button on CNL Perez this season. Perez had an unbelievable 2022, a 1.40 ERA, but as I talked about all offseason, he was probably the biggest regression candidate in this Orioles' bullpen because, quite frankly, he had an expected ERA of about three and a half. That was the biggest difference 
between any pitcher in baseball, between their actual ERA and expected ERA, that usually tells you that things are going to go a little bit south the next year. Still has good stuff, so you thought he could pitch through it. They've gone arguably a lot south this year. And Perez only has a 4.50 ERA, but it has been a struggle all year. Perez entered the game in the bottom of the eighth inning. Orioles were leading 3-0. Now, he was facing the top of the order, but, you know, it was a lefty and a switch hitter out there. And, you know, Brandon Hyde thought this could be a good spot for him. And it actually started off well. He strikes out Alex Call, a right-handed hitter, to begin the inning. Gets a swing and a miss on a breaking ball. And that was huge. Because Cienel Perez basically had not had any whiffs all year. He's in the first percentile of all of baseball in whiff rate. That is bad. That means he's one of the worst pitchers at getting swings and misses this year. He was up around the 65th percentile last year. So that's really, really concerning for him to not have any whiffs on the year. So to get a swinging strikeout was huge to start that inning. And how does he back it up? He goes back-to-back walks to Dom Smith and Heimer Candelario. And he has to come out of the game. And the Orioles' bullpen saved him and, you know, kept the game scoreless. But Cienel Perez has now thrown seven innings this year. He's only allowed four earned runs, but he's allowed 16 hits in seven innings with five walks to just eight strikeouts. I'm hitting the panic button. I don't think it's time to option him to AAA, but I think it's time to take him out of a high leverage role. Now, the reason you can take Perez out of a high leverage role is because you have other guys in the bullpen who are stepping up. And that's the fifth and final thing you need to know from this Orioles 4-0 win over the Nationals, is that the rest of the pen stepped up in this game. Brian Baker came into the seventh after Kyle Bradish left. Baker was filthy in this game. A 1-2-3 seventh with two strikeouts. His changeup is a very good pitch. But Baker, in his career, has rarely been able to command that changeup. Well, he commanded it. On Wednesday night, got both of his strikeouts on the change, one swinging and missing, one looking, 11 pitches, boom, 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 see ya, end the seventh inning. Then after CNL Perez struggles, who do the Orioles go to? None other than Yenier Cano, because apparently this guy's got a rubber arm. He can just pitch every game. Cano comes in first and second and one out, three nothing game in the eighth, facing what I think is the toughest part of the Nats order, which is Manessis, Luis Garcia, and Cabert Ruiz. What does he do? Gets Manessis to fly out, gets Garcia to ground out, takes him just five pitches, gets his two outs, and gets out of the inning. And then the Orioles were going to go to Felix Bautista, but as I mentioned, because Gunnar Henderson had the big RBI single in the ninth inning, they were able to sit Bautista down. He's pitched a lot lately, and they're able to bring in Mike Bauman, who's been really good this year. And Bauman did allow a leadoff single, but he settles down. He puts up a scoreless ninth with two strikeouts. His ERA is now .87 on the season since the Orioles moved him to kind of a full-time one-to-two inning reliever here in 2023. He got two whiffs on that big curveball, which was filthy on Wednesday night. You got those three guys I mentioned. You got Felix Bautista, and you got Danny Coulomb right now. I think you can trust all those guys at the moment in the Orioles' bullpen, which means the pen's getting better. You can lay off of using CNL Perez a little bit, and you're still in a pretty good place. But the one guy who did not leave Wednesday's game in a good place was Jorge Mateo, who had to leave the game in the second inning with an injury. Coming up next, I'll get you the latest update on Mateo's injury and what it could mean if the Orioles are without him for even a short amount of time. 
But first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is brought to you by Built Bar. Something exciting is coming to Built.com on April 22nd. I don't have all the details yet, but the excitement is real, and it's something you won't want to miss. If you know how Built works, they have the most incredible protein bars in the world, and they do these amazing flavor drops with unreal flavors in limited quantity. So mark your calendars and head to Built.com on Saturday, April 22nd to be one of the first to discover what all the hype is about. I can't wait to see what the new flavor is. And make sure to use promo code LOCKEDON15 and you'll get 15% off your order. So the Orioles take down the Nationals 4-0 on Wednesday night, complete the quick two-game sweep. And it was the first time the Orioles had swept a two-game series without allowing a run in either game since a two-game set against the Tigers back in 1995. So some history for the Orioles on Wednesday night. Now I get this Nats offense is dreadful. That's a big reason why the Orioles threw 18 shutout innings, but you still got to make good pitches, and the Orioles did just that. But on the offensive side, as I talked about, it wasn't really a great series. I mean, the O's who had been scoring at will, they only had five runs on eight hits in these two games against Nats pitching. And one guy who's really been leading the offense all year so far has been Jorge Mateo. And maybe one reason the O's never really got it going offensively Wednesday night is that they lost Mateo in the second inning of this game. Mateo came up against Mackenzie Gore, the Nats starter, with two outs and nobody on base. Hit a routine grounder to shortstop, and, you know, the camera shows the shortstop fielding it, throwing it to first. You see Mateo coming into the screen, and Mateo's one of the fastest players in baseball, and you see him just kind of lumbering and jogging down to first on the play, and you're thinking, that's weird. And then he continues through first base, and it almost looks like he's limping. And then you start to worry. And then you see the tweets from the Orioles beat writers in between innings that he's leaving the game with Brian Ebel, the head athletic trainer. Then you hear Kevin Brown talk about it on the broadcast that, yes, he did leave the game. And then you hear an inning later that the Orioles called it right hip discomfort, which was even more concerning because when he left the game, the first thought was maybe his ankle is bothering him again. Mateo's gone through a little bit of an ankle issue this year. It's forced him to sit out a game. It's forced him to, you know, just be aware of it a little bit more. So you thought, okay, maybe the ankle's bothering him a little bit. That's okay. But this is a different injury in the hip. And your hips control a lot of what your body does. And especially for a player like Mateo, who makes so many amazing plays at short. And speed is such a big part of his game. And then you add in how good he's been with the bat this year. This would be a really concerning loss. Now, two things that make it sound a little bit better. Number one is the Orioles, despite all of the infield talent they have in AAA Norfolk, the Tides were playing a game tonight at the same time the O's were. The Orioles did not remove any of the Norfolk players from the lineup, just, you know, in case they need to bring them up tomorrow and they don't want them getting injured as well. So that was a good sign. It's especially a good sign when the Orioles just did this with Joey Ortiz over the weekend. When Ramon Arias got hit in the head by that pitch on Saturday, and big news for Arias, who has been back in the lineup on Wednesday night and, and seems to be good, clear concussion protocol, great news for him and for the Orioles. But Joey Ortiz was pulled from the Norfolk lineup just in case Arias had to go on the injured list and they needed Ortiz in the big leagues. But Ortiz was in the lineup Wednesday night. Shout out to him. He had a two for three. He's hitting 390 so far with the Tides. They kept him and all the other infielders, Connor Norby and Jordan Westberg, in the Tides lineup, which 
I think was a really good sign about Mateo's injury. Now, Brandon Hyde was, of course, the first thing. He was asked about it after the game, and he said, right hip discomfort is all he has for you now. Jorge Mateo is day-to-day, and they'll tell us more when they know more. So at least he didn't say, hey, it looks really serious. He's just saying day-to-day. I'm sure he'll get an MRI. We'll get more information, especially with the Orioles having an off day here on Thursday and coming back home. We'll probably get more info at the very least before the game Friday. But it would be a really bad injury, even if Mateo misses a short amount of time, even if he doesn't go on the IL and he just misses like three or four games. Jorge Mateo is second in the American League with a 1056 OPS. He has been the Orioles' most valuable player in terms of war so far this season with the base running, with the defense, and with the bat. Mateo threw 57 plate appearances this year, hitting 362 with a 418 on base and a 638 slugging. Three homers, four doubles, and a 197 WRC+, which means he's basically been twice as good as the league average hitter through 57 plate appearances this year. The bat has been amazing. It would be a really, really tough loss to lose him from the lineup. Now, if the Orioles did lose him, even if it were for a couple days, or more likely, well, I shouldn't say more likely, but if especially if they lost him to the injured list and had to put him on the 10-day IL, I think the easy move would be to call Joey Ortiz up. Ortiz is the one infielder that is still on the 40-man roster, so it makes it an easier move. The Orioles were already prepared to call Ortiz up over the weekend if Ramon Arias had to go on the injured list. So it makes sense that a shortstop defense first in Ortiz would replace a shortstop defense first in Jorge Mateo. Now, if Mateo missed time, I don't think that would mean Ortiz would come up and play every day. In fact... He may get like one or two starts. He would just kind of be here in more of an emergency presence. Gunnar Henderson would pretty much be your everyday shortstop. Ramon Arias would play third. Adam Frazier would play second. Taron Vavra would kind of be in there as the utility guy. And then Joey Ortiz would be available off the bench. He can play all three of those positions defensively. He'd start a couple of games if Mateo did go on the injured list. I wouldn't expect him to play every day because they do have the Arias-Henderson-Frazier combination right now in that infield, but I would say the the easiest replacement would be Ortiz. Hopefully it really just is a day-to-day injury. Hopefully maybe Mateo just has to sit this weekend against the Tigers and then he's good to go. That is the hope, but the Orioles, they don't just need his legs and his glove. They need his bat in the lineup right now. That's how good he's been. So hoping for continued good news on the Jorge Mateo hip injury. But there was some other good injury news that the Orioles got before the game on Wednesday, specifically when it comes to getting some help for their bullpen. I'll get you the latest updates from Michael Givens and Dylan Tate coming up after this. But first, this episode of the Locked On Orioles podcast is also brought to you by eBay Motors. For a championship team, it's all about making sure every player is a perfect fit. It's the same when it comes to your vehicle. Every part needs to fit just right. So the next time you need parts and accessories, head to eBay Motors. With eBay Guaranteed Fit, you can be sure every part you need fits right. And the first time around, just add your ride to My Garage and look for the green check to know the part will fit or your money back. Because just like in sports, confidence is the name of the game when you shop on eBay Motors. And with over 122 million parts to choose from, you'll be back in the game in no time. After all, it's easy to bring home a win when the right parts are guaranteed. Get the right parts, the right fit, and the right prices on ebaymotors.com. Let's ride. Eligible items only. 
Exclusions apply. So despite the Orioles losing Jorge Mateo to injury in their 4-0 win over the Nationals on Wednesday night, they got some good injury news on the flip side before the game, and that was for their two veteran relievers. With the Orioles bringing back Dylan Tate and signing Michael Givens to a one-year $5 million deal in the offseason, it felt like those were going to be the two veteran guys that Brandon Hyde would lean on out of the bullpen. Now, neither of them would be the closer. We all knew Felix Bautista would be pitching the ninth inning. But it just felt like Hyde could have two veteran guys he knows he can trust, had been in his bullpen before, and that he can go to when things get tough and the bullpen starts to struggle. Well, the bullpen started to struggle basically from opening day. And Hyde did not have access to Michael Givens or Dylan Tate. Dylan Tate, we learned about the injury earlier. First day of pitchers and catchers reporting, we learned that Tate had suffered a forearm injury during the winter. The first word was that he'd be out until at least mid-April. Then it got pushed back to about mid-May when the Orioles thought they would have him back. Then for Michael Givens, he got a little bit of a late start to his spring training, but he was pitching. Then he sat out for about a week with some knee discomfort. Then three days before opening day, he tried to throw a bullpen. And after about 10 pitches, came off the mound, threw his glove in frustration. And both of them started the year on the injured list. Now, we've gotten some spacey updates on each one since opening day. Hasn't really been clear when either of them would come back. But we got a good update from Brandon Hyde. On Wednesday, And that was that Tate and Givens could, they haven't said will, but they said could, both start a rehab assignment as early as next week. So if you're looking at that timeline, next Monday is the 24th. No minor league games on Monday. So theoretically, the 25th would be when they'd start a rehab assignment. And each of them really does need to build up through the minors. So you're looking at the first or second week of May... Both of them could be back. That's still a little concerning because it's still a little bit of time away. But if you can get them back, I mean, that is a huge help to the bullpen. Now, the big question becomes, who would they replace as the Orioles relievers start to pitch a little bit better? I would say right now, Keegan Aiken probably would lose a spot to one of these guys. And honesty, if if Austin Voth continues to struggle, he's going to lose a spot as well. Seems like everybody else is, is pitching well enough to stay in that bullpen. But you got to have Givens and Tate in there. They just provide a veteran presence that's going to make Brandon Hyde's job a whole lot easier. Now, there's still some time, a lot of time, potentially, before they get back. So the O's will have plenty of time to sort out who will stay and who will go when the two return. And they could be on different timelines. Just because you know they both got injured around, or at least their injuries were announced around the same time. They've both been on the IL, and they're both supposed to start their rehab assignment around the same time. That does not mean they'll both be on the same timeline. Because remember... Givens is a knee injury, whereas Tate is an arm injury. Those are two very different things for pitchers. But it's going to be nice to have them back. Now, I did tweet on Wednesday, and this is a feeling I've had really since the Orioles announced this Dylan Tate injury back in February. I've been worried for a while that Dylan Tate was going to have to get Tommy John surgery. Because not all Tommy John surgeries, but a lot of Tommy John surgeries, it starts with a forearm injury. They say, oh, he injured his forearm, then it turns into an elbow thing, and then you get Tommy John. That's exactly what happened with John Means last season. He came out of that second start. They said it was a forearm issue. Then a couple days later, it was elbow. Then a couple days later, he was slated to get Tommy John. And it worried me even more because they said the Tate injury happened in like November. And it came to February for pitchers and catchers, and he still wasn't anywhere near being ready. They were still saying forearm. They first said mid-April. Then they pushed it back to mid-May. And all those factors just made me think, I'm scared he's getting Tommy John. Not 
two hours maybe later after I tweeted that, the Orioles and Brandon Hyde announced that he could start a rehab assignment. So great news. Hopefully he doesn't get Tommy John. I want to see him both back. I don't know what Michael Givens is going to give at this point in his career, especially with the injuries. But Dylan Tate, if he's healthy, you could argue is the most important piece of this Orioles bullpen. They need them both back, and it will only make this team stronger if the both of them can come back. Now, in terms of the Orioles bullpen, they did have another decision to make on Wednesday with Kyle Bradish, as I mentioned, coming off the injured list to start Wednesday's game and dominate the Nationals as he did. But the O's made the decision that I predicted they would. Logan Gillespie was the guy who they optioned to AAA Norfolk to make room for Kyle Bradish. Gillespie was kind of a surprise addition to the opening day roster. He was good early in the year, but had been fading lately. Eight appearances, five innings, a 7.20 ERA. In those five innings, he had allowed four runs on eight hits with five Ks and three walks. Last few appearances had been pretty bad for Gillespie, so probably good for him to go back to AAA and kind of reset as the Orioles get Kyle Bradish back. The reason they didn't send a starter down is because the O's had already sent Cole Irvin down, so they only had four starters. So Bradish gives them five starters, now eight in the bullpen. And they do get another day off here on Thursday. Dean Kramer and Kyle Bradish made the bullpen job a lot easier Tuesday, Wednesday, off days Monday and Thursday. That means the O's should pretty much be fully rested as the Tigers, the kind of red-hot Tigers, come into town this weekend. But first, it's the off day Thursday. And I will still have an episode coming up on Friday. We're about three weeks into the season. Orioles are 11-7, and seven, playing pretty good baseball through 18 games. But there's always takes everywhere. There's hot takes and there's big overreactions. So I'm going to talk some Orioles overreactions for Friday's episode. But specifically, I'm not going to give my overreactions. I want to hear from you. And I want to hear your overreactions. So I want you to either in the YouTube comments on this video or on Twitter, tag at Locked on Orioles, I want you to give me your either hottest or biggest Orioles take about either a player or about the team through the first 18 games this season. It could be a hot take like Austin Hayes is going to be an all-star. It could be a hot take like Gunnar Henderson isn't going to work out. It could be something that hot. It could be a little cooler, but still a hot take you have based on the first 18 games of the season for the Orioles. And I want you to send me that take. And on tomorrow's episode, I'm going to go through a lot of them with some help from you and your takes and talk about, is that an overreaction or is there something there in that take from the fans? So make sure to send them in, comment right here on the video on YouTube or tweet them at Locked on Orioles. You can also email me those takes LockedOnOrioles at gmail.com as well. And I'll rate them all coming up on Friday's episode. But until then, I'm Connor Newcomb, and this has been the Locked On Orioles podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team, every day.